What is up and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. Very hype on this episode. This week we sit down with Alex Shellnut from A Day to Remember. This is a really cool one for me. Alex and I met through a mutual friend a couple months ago, became fast friends ourselves, and I really felt like Alex had more of a story than just the band. Obviously that story has been told time and time again. You can find a ton of info on that band. But I was really excited to hear his story, his beginnings in finding music and finding the band and like what that journey was like for him. In addition, just all the other hobbies that he has, he was deep into skateboarding, odds and ends like golf, building Legos, like all these things that you wouldn't really know. He also had a really cool brand called Golden Eagle, which was a mix of clothing and skateboarding and had a podcast. So if you know me, you know that I like people that do a lot of things, that find those hustles, that grow their businesses and their little empires. And I feel like he did such a good job of that. He told his story so well. And even at the end, gave some great advice really for anyone who is either in a band or just anyone grinding to finish something. His perspective on reinvesting in your business and putting everything into it is so cool, even at a level so high now where they don't have to, he still has that. So that was really encouraging and cool to hear. Um, I wanna keep this pretty short, so I'll leave that there. Obviously, we'll get into his story. If you're new here, thank you so much for listening. The only thing I ever ask is if you like this episode, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. It helps me grow this so, so much, which leads to more guests, leads to just everything. It's incredibly helpful for me. So if you do like the episode, subscribe, leave a review. If you want to hit me on socials or share it on socials, that's also amazing. I'm at AndrewFTW. And Alex is at Alex Shellnut. That's H-E-L-N-U-T-T. Another thing, we recorded this at his house and he has some incredibly cool dogs. They were hanging with us. And in the beginning, they were really excited hanging out, getting all settled. So most of it is edited out, but I do apologize if you hear any dogs rustling around. They do chill out. And this is the perfect time to tell you that there's also a YouTube channel for the podcast. So if you feel like watching us hang out with these dogs as they play, much more satisfying. So you can also watch the podcast, YouTube, search where all my friends, you'll find it. All right, that's it. Enjoy the episode. I'll be back next week. Alex Shellnut, where are all my friends? I'm stoked on this. And we were joking about this. I didn't even realize, well, there's two things to address before we really get into it. One, I didn't realize that you had a podcast before, and I was giving you shit for this, that you have the perfect podcast setup. I know, I should utilize this more. And the 7B and everything ready to go. So I'll grill you on that later. Cool. But the other thing is maybe you can hear it if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of dogs. (laughs) But we are chilling with some pups. So if we get a little pup interruption... I'm sorry. If you're listening, it'll probably sound worse. If you're watching, I recommend it because then you get to see us hanging out with pups. Yeah, they're great pups. Uh, but yeah, if you hear a little cuts and edits and all that, <laughs> maybe we have to edit out a little bit of pup plan. Uh, I'm not too upset about that. No, I'm not it's a good They're having a have. good time. So here we are. Um, but yes, with that said, I'm stoked that we're doing this. I was thinking about it and it really happened because of our mutual friend, Adam Elmachias. Oh, yeah. There there they they are. are. There they are. Yo, and for anybody watching (laughs) or listening, they are legit the best of dog friends I have ever seen. They haven't stopped in, what, a good hour and a half? Yeah, they just hang out. And they're two, like, golden retriever and... And some curly... tiny pupper doodle. Yes. And they have no idea that they're different sizes, and they're just pals. They're fine with it. They're just hanging out chasing each other jumping all over so again if you're listening it probably sounds crazy and if you're watching you're welcome because you get to watch some pups hang out yeah what's better than just a podcast yeah a podcast with puppers (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh well anyway um we were saying that it was really our mutual friend adam that i think is why it happened you were in la for a show and you came over to our house and we played Settlers of Catan. 
Yeah. And it was like, oh, it changed wait, my life. You like nerdy Chain- stuff? Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> and then we like started nerding out like on all of the other like random hobbies we have. Like we both like Legos. Yeah. Randomly. We both know like random mutual friends from Ocala where I'm from, which is yeah. strange. Grew Very up strange. skateboarding. Like yeah. there were so many odds and yeah. ends. So I'm really excited for this one because Same. really like the whole idea with the podcast is, yeah, like it's a music focused podcast and obviously we'll talk about that, but I like all the things about like you as a person and like what your journey was and all those things. So all the random hobbies, like that's my favorite part. Like, oh, yeah. I love like learning those things. Well, I'm a hobbyist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to like dig into that. Oh yeah. Um, but the way that I normally start it is just for anybody listening who doesn't know you really briefly, who are you? What do you do? Just that quick explanation. Cliff Notes version. Yes. My name is Alex. I play drums in the American rock band, A Day to Remember. I've been in the band for going on 14 years, which is kind of wild. It seems like maybe three have gone by. But, That's crazy. Um, yeah, live in Orlando now with my beautiful fiance, Lindy. I build Legos, I golf, I skate, write music, and just... Yeah, that's about it. I mean, I mean, bro, that says it. Yeah, that says it. I'm well. an open book. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. And I'm so excited. Like, again, like there were so many like hobbies and just like odds and ends. And I think that the thing that we we're kind of like figuring out before the podcast started was how strangely similar our Florida growing up and like the music scene and all that. Cause oh, like yeah. I grew up in like Tampa, Clearwater, St. Yeah. Pete, and you grew up in Ocala. Mm-hmm. But we were just talking about like just those music scenes and how special all that was. Oh yeah, that was a, such a special time to me. I feel like those it was like what probably two thousand three to like two thousand eight something, or something like that. Like yeah. that. It was yeah. just like I mean, I, there's still there's still I'm sure a great scene in Ocala, but there was, was something about that. Yeah. So okay, so take me back because this will tie perfectly to it. I'm always so curious to find like that spot where you found that thing, right? So like for this, it would be drums, but like, what were you, what was that like? Like early Alex, like finding those hobbies, like what were you up to? Oh, it was kind of like a weird series of a lot of, a lot of things. Hey bud. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a, it probably all kind of started with my stepdad at the time, Frank, who I'm still really close with. He's a great guy. Um, he, used to tour back in the like the early 80s like with some like hair metal band absolutely shredded at guitar so he was and, like like he was in it yeah he, he was did. in it and he was like he, I, I would always watch him like just you know do like all these sweeps and all this crazy shit on guitar and it just I was like man I want to play guitar and so uh for christmas one year I got one of those like little um little beginner like um package packs with like the guitar and the little combo amp and it took some lessons for like a year and a half uh, or two or something and got pretty decent at it not anything great or anything and how old were you around the time i think i was probably 12 11 maybe 10 10 to 12 we'll call it i don't know something like that another thing that we were joking about (laughs) earlier was we were trying to talk about ages when we were talking about all like the music scene stuff and we both realized that we're horrible at associating actual ages yeah we were talking i was like oh it's around sixth grade so i was either 10 11 12 i have no idea i don't know and i'm sure people listening or watching like come on how do you not know that i don't know so you're sixth grade old yeah sixth grade old perfect sixth grade old and um yeah so after about a year and a half of maybe less, maybe a little more um, of learning guitar. I obviously wanted to be in a band, the natural progression of after you don't learn an instrument. And I um, couldn't find a drummer because no one played drums. Everyone wanted to be a guitar player, bass player, something else. So uh, I was lucky enough. My dad had a, had a drum kit at his house. So when I was there, I would kind of, just fart around on it, kind of like try to teach myself some stuff and ended up eventually playing drums with just some friends and stuff. And we realized, you know, we actually weren't too bad. We could maybe write our own songs and do some stuff. It was and like enough where like a song could come Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and then it, I ended up just, now I was a drummer, I guess. And then, yeah. Were so. you like bummed on that or by that time were you having fun enough where you're like, oh, this is... Sick. Oh, it was it was fun. I was just stoked to finally be playing music with other people. Like, okay. I was, you know, I'd been, you know, and you're like sitting there and you're doing it by yourself for a while and 
you're just like, man, this is cool, but I'd like to, you know, maybe see what it's like to try to maybe just either cover some, you know, just play music with someone else, just yeah. do something else. So yeah, so that switch was welcomed yeah. just fine. You're like, sweet, yeah. I get to play yeah. music with my friends. So, yeah. Okay. So you guys start making songs and all that. Mm-hmm. And this probably brings us to that magical time of like being in school and like going to shows. And Oh yeah. Yeah. Was- that's literally it flows right into, cause a little bit before that I started going to my first local like punk hardcore shows. Yeah. And all that. I never actually like, I think the first concert, actual like kind of concert that wasn't a local show I ever went to was Warp Tour when oh, I was like sick. seventh grade. And then aside from that, it was just all like local, local stuff. And even that was enough to where I was like, man, this is really cool. Like, yeah. You know, because oh, you were also telling me you're like, you had an older sister that showed you like yeah. cool music. For yeah. The I was first lucky time, enough right? too. I had a, I have a sister named Erin. She's two years older than me. And, she listened to. She had a lot of friends who were into like you know a lot of punk and like you know No Effects and some other like cool bands like that. And I kind of was just like, oh, this is different. This is like not like the not the radio. Yeah, yeah not the yeah. radio. And kind of started me getting into just. Then she had some friends who listened to like a bunch of hardcore bands and like Evergreen Terrace was like, a, that Burn Alive by Time record was like the first hardcore record I like genuinely fell in love with. So I kind of went from just playing punk music on drums to trying to learn all these like hardcore songs. And then, yeah, just a lot of little things. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So then like, cause we were talking about this again, like before it started, but (laughs) you guys, you had, it seems like we both had these really magical, strange music scenes that were probably way more formative than we realized. Yeah, absolutely. But like, you were telling me, like, you played so many of your shows. Like, what were the venues you were playing at? Like, we were, I mean, yeah, there was the main one that was like probably to me the coolest, like, because it was probably a good two year span of at this venue called Easy Street. It was like a family fun center. They had like mini golf. You know, arcade, bumper boats, go-karts, all that. So they had this little party room. It was maybe like 150 cap or something, but this shitty little built stage. And there were two, three times a week, there was there were shows there. And that was like, no matter who it was, like, you'd just go. You'd meet so many people there. You'd, like, you know, meet new friends. Like, I've joined bands with people before a date, I remember, because of people I've met at those shows. And yeah, Dude. It, was, it was amazing. It yeah. Was really cool. Like aside from school, that was like the people I would hang out with were just people I met at shows. I, I love that we both had that. And it's yeah. like, it's so weird and crazy to think about because you think now and you're like, wait, you'd play like all these random shows at like a family fun center. Yeah. But like whatever it was about that time in the scene was just so cool. It was different. Like, I don't know what it was, but something was different about it. It, it was, was, and it was, it was just cool that like, it was this social thing because for me, we have so many parallels, similar, like almost same age growing up, growing up in Florida, skateboarding, all that. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, I guess I pivoted more towards cars when you were getting into yeah. bands. But even not playing music, I would go to those shows. Yeah. Like it was just like the outside of school, like that's how yeah. you met friends. And Absolutely. it was just a sick community. Yeah. So you were playing in all sorts of different bands. Yeah. Before you did anything with a day to remember. Yeah, I, they were I, already there a was, band doing. Yeah, thing. they were uh, they were a band for a few years before I joined. You know, they toured a couple times, and I actually my first bands played a few shows with a day to remember before I was in the band, and that's kind of how I met them. Like Josh and Neil were the first two I met when we played these shows with them. So then you were what grade <laughs> old? When uh, you- I think I was ninth grade old when I started playing in the local bands that were, um, I don't even remember the name of the first band. I think it was like Forever Standing or something. It was like my first band. The first show we played with the day to remember was at this like local church. It was like their EP release show. And that's when I kind of met Neil and Josh. And it was awesome. That was like my third show I'd ever played, period. And it was like, to me, massive. Like it was in this like like, People actually showed up. Yeah, and it was like, a really cool thing so then how did it lead up like were you because you were saying they were touring a little bit and yeah a you little were bit. a little bit younger yeah i was the i'm i'm the youngest one they were um neil neil's about two years older than me so he i think at the time was like only 17 or something i was um when i joined i was 15 but when i started playing with them in other bands i think i was 14 
Holy. So did you have a point where you had to, like, did you finish school before you started touring with them? Or how did that work? Uh, I actually ended up dropping out twice. Whoa. <laughs> it's a weird story. But yeah, um, I ended up getting expelled from the private school my dad put me in. And then he didn't know. We kind of weren't on great terms. And then I ended up joining the band. He didn't know. And then we were in Massachusetts um, recording for those of heart. And I got my drums done. And then like a week after, my mom came up to visit me and was like, oh, you have to come back home with me because your dad got custody of you and you have to go back to school. And we had like this whole tour afterwards and everything that we had to get like a fill-in drummer for because we didn't know if I was going to like be in the band or not. Holy. I like went back to, went back. I think I was in 10th grade at this point. And um, yeah, it was probably the most depressed I've ever been. I got Baker acted at one point and then he finally ended up like, I wasn't eating, I wasn't doing my schoolwork, nothing. And then it was around Christmas time and we needed to shoot a video for one of the songs on the record, which was um, The Plots of On the Panhandle, which was the video that Ron Jeremy was in. Um, my dad's like, okay, you can you can go do this because there wasn't a drum, like it was kind of in limbo of like what we were going to do um, for a drummer. He's like, okay, you can fly to LA, do it. And um, I'll call you when we get back from, he was visiting my stepmom's family. And then I didn't hear from him for like two years or something. So I ended up just dropping out again and joining the band. So there's like an <laughs> alternate world where if you had been for, if you had to have if, gone back to school, you would have lost that chance to yeah. like. So it's kind of weird. Like if I actually tried in school, because I, I wasn't like, I could do the work, I just didn't do it. And yeah. it's kind of this weird thing where I feel like if I did give an effort, my parents wouldn't. Like, I feel like the only reason my mom let me drop out is because she knew I probably wasn't going to graduate anyways. Yeah. And so I feel like if I did well in school, I almost wouldn't have gotten this chance to drop out and join this band. It's like this weird, like... Yeah, I feel like it's that's, because I didn't try, it almost helped me in a way. Well, that's where like, it's like a weird thing. Those are know? the things that are so fascinating to me because obviously everybody has their different stories. Mm -hmm. But like if you had grown and fallen in love with music so much by then that it was like obvious that that yeah. was your thing. Oh, yeah. To the point where you were depressed, not eating because oh it was bad it was really really bad like yeah. i mean like that's such a sign like i'm so glad it happened that oh, way, and right? it's just like, so funny looking back like there's so many little things that if they didn't happen the way they did like if you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now and just you know i have no idea what i'd be doing that's to be honest so what's, what, crazy what's frank the guy I was telling you my stepdad at the time like he was a big part of convincing my mom to let me do it as well like you know, it was like two days before some tour and I was in, you know, I was then 10th grade. It was when I was at this private school. It was two days before this like two week tour. It went all the way out to like, um, like Iowa or something. Yeah. And I get a call from Josh saying, Hey, do you want to play drums for a day to remember? And their drummer was on probation or something at the time. Oh damn. And I was like, uh, you should come over and talk to my mom. <laughs> and so he, he, came, legit he came, came over. Yeah. I came over and I got my work early like from school and then that night i went to the practice space met i met jeremy met um tom at the time our old guitar player and it was like a seven or eight song set and we played it and then the next day we pretty much left on tour and just in this van this random 15 year old kid okay so this fucking shit van like joint touring I have around so many questions right now because this is insane it's so, hard to really wrap it up in a way that's like there's so many little crazy things that i still the older i get i'm like man this is even crazier the older i get and like thinking back to how yeah kind of like it was very strange but i like these are the moments where it's like on paper as you explain it you're like oh that would never work or that's yeah, crazy absolutely but like that energy and like whatever that is happening like it's just it is what it is yeah and things it i feel like so many things just like kind of just it's not destiny but it's like you know there's so many little little things like down like that just if they didn't work out the way if i didn't join certain of these local bands and didn't play this one show maybe with a day to remember then i would have never met you know like That's neil and josh and so wild okay so my question so one 
you're 15 years old. Obviously, you must have ripped on the drums to for them to be like, yeah, cool, let's take this. I, I, I didn't think so. They they said I was great. I don't remember. I mean, I, I, Holy I, mean, I, 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 I hope I was. I, that's all I did. around. <laughs> like, I would play for like three hours a day, and I, I thought it was like, I've always been pretty hard on myself, but I mean, they thought I was good enough, so hopefully, you know. Damn. The next thing I knew, I was on tour, and I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. I don't care if we're in a van sleeping in every night. We didn't get hotels or anything. Okay, I didn't give a shit. That's I was what like, I was going to ask. I was like, so, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my entire life. You're 15 years old. You're newer to the group. Like, that must have been such a wild... Like, did they... At that weird. time, was there a draw? Like, when you were, like, playing shows? Like, were there people showing up? Or, like, what is your first impression <laughs> well, the fun, of the funniest, touring at 15? The funniest part was... Uh, we always call Augusta, Georgia, like our second hometown because that was actually the first show I played with a day to remember was in Augusta, Georgia, this place called uh, Sector 7G. And that is was like, that the old movie theater? No, no. it's an oh. old laundromat. Okay. It's an old laundromat. It's super small. But um like so that show was unfucking believable. Like it, this venue is maybe a two two hundred cap, if that, like maybe legally like a seventy cap, but they would they would pack like just wall to wall, just sweaty, just they would just shove people in. But so that was like at the time almost a better draw than Ocala was. And yeah. that was the first first taste of a show of the day to remember I had. And then So you were that just- and like Wichita, Kansas, which was another place we played there. And that was kind of like our third hometown, maybe, I'd say. Yeah. Um and then but all a lot of the shows in between were no, I mean, you know, there was shows that maybe five people were there. I mean, there was still like, it wasn't like it, like there was, there was a certain little weird markets we did really well in. And, yeah. but most of them were questionable. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's all it would take, right? You're 15 years old. You go oh, I didn't out give and play this insane show. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. That must have just been absolutely incredible because yeah. that meant that you could leave school. That meant yeah. like, all these things. So Yeah, it was amazing. And that's Damn. why like when I when I thought I wasn't gonna be in the band when I had to go back to school, that's another, that's why like I had that little taste. Like I just recorded drums in this professional studio. I went on and that two was, tours. Which I went album? on for those of heart. At 15 years old? Well, I was 16 when oh. we recorded it, but I joined and did a couple tours when I was 15. But okay. I like just turned 16, I think, when I recorded. So you had a taste of like legitimate. Yeah, like a couple little good tours. Like to me at the time were incredible tours, which I still like remember so much about those tours somehow. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, got to record drums in this like professional studio. And, and then all of a sudden, just like to think it was just going to be ripped away forever was like, heartbreaking to me dude well that and again like i guess huge shouts to frank but like i i do get now i was very resentful for years when i was that young about what my dad was trying to do but i mean i completely the older i get the more i understand why he was like no fuck no i'm not gonna let you my 15 or 16 year old son travel in this shit van like just with people I don't know, like, and just yeah. sleeping in this van in sketchy areas all over the, like. Well, that's what like, I was going to no. say. It's like, like <laughs> if you didn't understand, if you weren't the kid that went to all the local shows and like understand but, how special that was yeah. to your parents, you're like, yeah, fuck this. Like this yeah. just doesn't work. So like, that's so cool. Like, was it, you said it was Neil that came over? It was Josh. Josh. Yeah. Like what? Like the fact that your parents did humor it I because know. as a parent, how do you understand how special yeah. it is? Like and you don't. It's any yeah, other band. Exactly. Right? Fuck, that's crazy. And it's just like I think that kind of like to me, I mean they've never admitted it, but it's like to me, I just have a feeling it's because how bad I did in school anyways. Like I feel like they knew I probably wasn't gonna even if I did graduate, probably wasn't gonna go to college. Like I right. had terrible grades, like I knew how to do it. You know, I just didn't do the work. I was just that kid. Yeah. So it's like, they, which is funny because if I actually gave a fuck and tried, they would not have let me like throw any sort of thing like that away. I guarantee it. Dude. Again, that's a guess, but I'm, yeah, I can't see any other reason why they would let that happen. You know, like I can't, I just, oh I can't, which I'm not suggesting to anyone that they don't try to do well in school, but I just, in a weird yeah. way, I think worked out for me. Well, I think that I think that the lesson there, if you were to pick anything apart, is just like if you know you have a thing, like if you are obsessing over drums or if you just see that path, like you did everything it took to 
follow yeah. through and that i think is like you yeah. know maybe your parents saw a bit of that maybe they saw yeah. the school thing i mean but... they could definitely tell i didn't give a shit about anything but music and skateboarding yeah like and then like they would ground me and like for a couple weeks and i would i would just sit in my room and just still even if i couldn't do anything not do my homework i would still yeah. just like out of like protest be like this isn't gonna do anything yeah like fuck you guys and That's... like i think they just saw like that no matter what they did like there was no motivator for me. There was no like, that's yeah. 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 Okay. So that album, when did it start clicking? Like, cause obviously you're touring, you're with everyone. It feels right. You have the grace of your parents. Like that's gotta be huge in itself. But when did it start feeling like, Whoa, like this might become like real. It was honestly such like a slow growth that I can't really recall. Like, a single show or a single moment but like which i think is why it feels so cool like it was just because I, I feel like it's still growing which yeah. is awesome and i yeah. feel like it's just everything kind of just i don't know everything was unexpected to me from the beginning yeah till now like which i kind of like like i never i always had a feeling and that's like i mean i wasn't gonna just drop out and do this you know like i didn't want to just throw away something like you know i didn't just do i feel like i just always had this kind of weird internal feeling and that's why i kind of just said fuck it and didn't even really think about it like yeah. i don't really know if there was ever like a single moment or single like thing i just have always believed in it and i always just loved doing it and yeah it's still like still have that feeling you know Dude, that I think that says so much actually. Like that call it intuition, call it whatever. Yeah, I don't even know what I would call like I it's yeah, it's weird. Because it's hard to explain. It's hard to write it out. It's hard to like fully put it in words. Yeah. But when you know, you know. And the fact that without the certainty or without the anything you just committed, I think says so much. Like that's awesome. Yeah, it's like I I can't even imagine. Like I feel like I'd be more scared to do what I did at fifteen now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like like looking back, like I said earlier, it's like I kind of understand some of the things my dad tried to do back then, or you know, I just I get it more. Like when I'd be more terrified now to do some crazy like leap of faith like that. Yeah. So it really like after you recorded that album, you start touring, and it was just you just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of yeah, like a I don't know. We just kept getting better offers you know more people started slowly coming to shows we i don't know it was just one thing after another kind of now we're you know yeah. now bobby's here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, yeah it's so hard to explain tell me like the thing because we don't have to go through like the data remember story has been told like that yeah. is a very like you can find it but like tell me just in the progression and in all the years you spent like what are some of the things that stand out to you as like favorite random moments or accomplishments or like first tours to this is or that's or even like moving to Orlando or like just like the those like the, the parts of it that are like special to you in that? Oh, man, that's hard. That's a thinker. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the, that Blink-182 tour uh, a couple of years ago was easily one of those just like full circle, just like because that was what like the a- fuck kind of moments, you know, like it's. Travis Barker is one of the main reasons I was like, oh, this is cool to be a drummer, you know? And, like, he actually played a couple of, uh, played a song of ours a couple nights during our set on drums. And I was just like, that was, like, probably one of the ultimate, just like, this is some weird shit. Yeah. Like, this is, like, aside, I don't know, like, dude, trying to think of little moments like that, but that's definitely one of those. That's a huge one. I think that's crazy. Like, Blink-182 was such an influence on so many of, like, our generation. And I also think it's massively cool that Travis Barker is who he is and does what he does because he stays so relevant. He's insane. He's so talented. Yeah. Like, not just just, with drums, just in general. He's just, in his story, like, his, he's got a book out and it's pretty wild. It's about all the, you know, it's about obviously some some about his plane crash in there. There's like yeah, all, like his say, life right? is yeah, his yeah. his it's an incredible book. Yeah, like, I and hope it made me kind of like uh, I actually bought it the day it came out. I yeah. pre-ordered it and then but like picked it up at Barnes and Noble. That's so but, sick. Yeah, but, so yeah, that was so a that huge was that was a huge one for me. I mean, the first time going overseas and stuff when I was 17, we did a UK tour and we shared a bus with Maylene and the Sun's Disaster. Like that was wild. Like, you know, just little, it's just, 
Do you honestly, remember honestly, there's still. Yeah, was, that was actually our first. That was the first Yeah, bus. it was like this double-decker yeah. bus that we split with um, Maylene. And it was it was crazy. The shows weren't that great, but, I mean, it was just like, wow, I'm in another country. I'm not with my family. I'm just with these dudes, and we're playing music over here, and that's why we're here. <laughs> like, that's just shit like that. It was like every time there's like, even still when we go overseas, it's still always crazy when we land. And I'm just like, because we just did Australia, and it's like, we'll land... And I'm like, man, this is wild. Like, I play drums, and I'm in Australia <laughs> because I play drums. It's really like it's it's very strange. Yeah, like it's really cool to me to see like you legit have like that like wide eyed sense of excitement and adventure. Well, like every, when you talk about day. it, like, like it's no, you're every not day. Like, like you're legitimately yeah, the, like that's you're my so number excited one thing that here. I hope never to happen. You know, like of of course, like I'll have my bad days on tour. I mean, everyone has bad days regardless. And like, I'll get, you know, some tours are super exhausting, but it's like when you're going to sleep that night, you're still like, I'll never, I'll try to always at least sometime, like once a day, just like remind myself, like, you know, like shut the fuck up. You're, you know, yeah. you're doing literally what you've wanted to do yeah. your entire life and you're still doing it. Yeah. And, you know, it still should be doing it for a while, hopefully, you know, but yeah. it's just, it's yeah i hope to never that's the number one thing i hope to never lose is just like i have the love for doing it you know yeah no i mean like that's so cool to me because like again i never really played right mm-hmm. like it was very clear in your story you were so early to find a guitar and then drums and you were just obsessed and it's i just love talking to people that found their thing and then did their thing yeah it's it's a weird like again it's still to this day blows my mind the way like when I was saying how if little things didn't happen the way they did like say my mom never married Frank at some point yeah like maybe I wouldn't have been as into like learning an instrument or if my sister didn't have these friends that kind of turned me on to a lot of this alternative music dude or Or if I wasn't into skating and didn't hear like the Tony Tony Hawk like pro skater sound you know just a lot of random shit like that. Or like, even being just, born when we were born, exactly, right? Like yeah. the fact even that just the like music crazy, scene was yeah. so good at that yeah. time. And like, yeah, and, and like I am, again, I, there's still, a, I'm not trying to talk shit on the Ocala scene, but it's definitely, in my opinion, not the same as it, like I feel like when I got into going to shows and stuff and the local scene at that time was absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, it was, I remember it vividly because of how just like, life-changing it was yeah yeah it, yeah i know it's interesting because like, like literally life-changing you know yeah like, if actually, I, those local bands didn't that i was in didn't play with a day to remember i would have never met them and had this like random chance of of it just it was like such a small window of this happening you yeah know? It just a really crazy like and then just hitting the ground running with it just yeah. not well, really second guessing it that's i think like you sh- you have to give yourself huge shouts and props for that because you know if you hadn't fully committed there could have been another drummer and there could have oh, been absolutely. another like it's like yeah, the fact abs- that you sent it yeah yeah and it's it's actually pretty funny because like when i didn't know if i was going to be in the band or not like other people in the band would be like so do you because i was kind of like a fill-in for a while and we did a couple tours where they'd be like we'd be at like a truck stop getting like some fast food or whatever and they'd be like so do you think you you want to do this? And I would kind of like lie to myself because I didn't think I was gonna be a full time thing. And I'd be like, you know, I don't know. I think like we they always talk about it too, and it's kind of funny. Like they'd be like, you didn't even want to be in the band. I was like, no, trust me, <laughs> you don't. Get I did, it. but I didn't want to like put it out there before I knew it was like a full time thing. That like I didn't want to be disappointed. You know, I was yeah. I was just saying like. Oh, uh, I don't know, but in reality, I just didn't want to be like let down if it wasn't possible for me to be in the van. It's yeah. like <laughs> but, it's like you loved you know, it my, so much yeah. that you didn't want yeah. to think about the idea Absolutely. that it couldn't be. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so again, I want to talk about so many parts of you and I feel like the band story is there and like people can see it and obviously yeah. like it kept growing and you had all these great opportunities and got to tour and are still doing it. <laughs> yeah. But the right like here. the parts of you now, because there's other things that you've done and other things. So like one along the way, 
<laughs> you did a brand. You did Golden yeah. Eagle, mm-hmm. which is something that I saw from afar. Like again, growing up in Florida. Yeah, I was surprised it, when you we were out there and you saw the decks and you asked if I was a part of that. I was like, damn, I didn't know you knew about it, it's dude. Well, yeah, cool. like it's crazy to me because I knew about it and it was like very much like I always. I guess I tied it to like, I knew that it had something to do with one of the members of yeah. the Data Remember. And I like, it was kind of just like, yeah. a, it was like those kids that went to a different school. Like yeah. we were in different parts yeah. of Florida and I knew it was like cool, but I didn't fully understand it. So Golden Eagle podcast. And then you also like, you have a bit of like a home studio set up as well, where you like can do quite a lot on yeah. that end. Am I missing any cool endeavors there? Uh, no, I mean, the Golden Eagle thing is going to come back. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Cliff Notes version about what happened to that is, you know, I, did, I was doing it. It was me and my friend James. That was it. Um, he's a great graphic designer. Yeah, like, builds website. He's just, we have the same vibe on, we're both into the same kind of skate culture. So, like, we're we're great together. But we kind of, you know, we lived together and had a had a company together, and it kind of just is, you know, had a falling out a little bit, and also like we kind of went a little harder than we should have in the beginning. Like I lost a pretty good amount of money doing it because oh, I was just like, so yeah. Like, you just put everything. Yeah, into I just it. went real hard, and we learned a lot of stuff from it. But I we're gonna we've been talking, and we're gonna definitely bring it back in a way that makes more sense and a way we learned i feel like taking everything we learned from that and making it into something really really cool yeah like we're gonna probably get lindy my fiance to do special like one of one like cut and sew like pieces of like you know maybe still do the shirts i don't know if we're gonna do the decks anymore but we're gonna make it something really special and really cool not just some like you know not just taking everything we think we know about it and just throwing a bunch of money and which we were just really stoked about it when we were doing it. So it was yeah. hard not to like try to do way too much. Yeah. And so it's going to come back. Not sure when, but definitely some at some point soon. And it's going to be way better than ever. Well, what I was interested in with that is like, what, how did you know? And like at that time, was that another just natural thing that came together? Or like, like where did that idea come from to be like, cool, like let's, make a brand and not only a brand but you really incorporated skate culture and like skateboarding into it much more than anything like i haven't seen something connect the two like that yeah that was kind of we we it ended up being like it was called a streetwear brand but i kind of wanted to just i wanted to start something like whether it was a brand or just some sort of something it was more of like a lifestyle brand i i guess i would say it was just i wanted to put stuff out there that i was stoked on that stuff I've always been into, like, you know, like we did a, a collab with Bayside and we did like a Bayside deck because, you know, like I'm super into like we did some stuff like that. You know, I've always been into skateboarding, which is kind of my first passion before music and just wanted to put shit out, not even necessarily to make money, but it'd be cool if eventually I would. But yeah, I knew I wanted to do something else that I could like, you know, that I was proud of aside from just the band i wanted to like you know it was cool seeing it grow and seeing it people buy stuff and just by seeing people wear it at the shows and see people like just being as stoked or even close to stoked as i was on on certain things yeah like it's cool like i as i understand it a little bit more it makes sense like it was something that you were passionate about yeah i was really proud of it get your tail out of his face (laughs) sorry (laughs) when did that start uh, I actually don't, I think it started in 2011. Actually, again, time to me mm-hmm. is a, yeah, you're furry. <laughs> time to me is wild. Yeah. Like I, am so like there, there'll be tours I'll go on or we'll go on and I'll think it's like two years ago and I'll look back at the dates and it's like, oh, this was in 2012. I'm like, oh, that was seven, almost eight years ago. And I was just like, yeah, it was a couple of years ago. It's so weird how that happened. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm guessing like 2010, 2011, maybe. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, no, that, that, that's cool to me because again, like, I don't know, you see a lot of people and bands do brands and it like, sometimes it just feels so contrived and it feels like such like a cash grab. Yeah. And it was interesting. It's so cool to talk to you now about it because it's like a, 
a funny Retrospect. moment for yeah, me. It's yeah, funny, like, yeah. but, it really felt like thought out and it was cool to see this two come together. Yeah, Being a kid that's, that that's, came from skateboarding and music, yeah. I was like, they get it. That's awesome. That's which is I, I was just stoked you even like recognized it at all. Like we'll still, me and James will still every now and then get asked about it. And it's just something that I've always wanted. Like luckily, you know, we're great friends again. We've been talking about doing it again and, Yes, it was always like a passion project, and so we learned a lot from the first time, first go of it, and I think this time we have some cool plans on how we're going to make it even better and not be just something that I, for lack of better terms, lose my ass on. <laughs> yeah, the money, the money part of it's secondary to me. Like yeah. it does suck knowing I lost a lot of money from it, but it more sucks because it was like finally hitting a point where it really started because like feeling like a legitimate thing yeah and it just for it just to cease to exist is kind of like the worst part of it yeah to me and then not to change too heavily but you also along the way figured out quite a lot with recording yeah. so like when did that happen like what what sparked that interest where you like took the time to learn um well i i started using garage band a lot when we were on tour and I got this like little tiny MIDI keyboard for Christmas or something and started messing with it a little bit and um, started with like trying to write beats and stuff. I got this little tiny interface to like do guitar and stuff on it and it just kind of became like an obsession for a minute, like trying to like figure like, you know, I, I went through and got all these plugins and stuff and it was just, I was experimenting with all these layering of sounds and everything and I'm still learning a lot. It's really hard, but I've just like, it's so fun going like it's it's kind of almost like an empty canvas every time I go into my studio because I have you know stuff whether I I don't know if I'm gonna write a beat I don't know if I want to write a heavy song I don't know if I want to write you know it could be like a ska song or whatever else it's just it's almost stressful but in a, in a cool way like opening yeah. up a fresh thing and like I probably my Dropbox is probably filled with like 270 like at least cool starts of ideas. I'm terrible at the mixing part of it, but <laughs> when it comes to the songwriting parts and like just the ability to do use whatever sounds in whatever way to just write fucking whatever, it's like a cool, cool way to just, even if you're not doing it for anything, just like make something. Well, that's, that's what like, I was just going to ask. Like, do you have like a perfect world? Like where you make another, like, I don't know, like, release your own beats or something I mean, like that I, or make another project it's, it's or write actually, with people like what's your favorite part of it or what well you- i do i've 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 had a couple random like ideas with a couple of my friends my good friend max who's also our guitar tech now um he's a super good guitar player or he's our guitar tech he's a super good guitar player um i've known him now for probably 12 years or something and we've written a lot of just this really weird stony instrumental stuff and like none of it's like mixed or anything, but we've written a few songs that like we're both kind of like we should just eventually like put out like this cool like you we don't have a name for it or anything, but like you know that's one thing like I want to do like a weird instrumental EP with him. Then I have like other little random projects I'll do with other musicians I know, but they've never really gone anywhere because I'll, I'll obviously our schedules are so like yeah you know all over the place and well and it's also other, like. But I do want to, that's one thing, the instrumental thing, like, the, well, it'll happen one day. It's just, yeah. I well, wish I was better at the mixing part of it. It's funny, right? Like, I feel like I'll watch some bands and they'll do side projects and like, even from afar, I'll be like, do y'all even like each other? Or are you just trying to like, hoping yeah. that your side projects go off enough that you can not do the thing yeah, that you right? clearly yeah. don't care about anymore? Yeah. And I don't feel like that with your band, right? Yeah. Like, you all no. get along so well oh, and it's like, you're so proud of your product and you're so happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Like, that's one big thing I'm stoked about being in our band. The more we tour, the more it's kind of crazy to see how many bands like they're they're still friends but like after to like it's surprising to me how many bands aren't that close personally like yeah i feel like it's like a lot which is fine i get like at a certain point it becomes more of a job than whatever but like i feel like that's a big reason we're still enjoying touring and doing all that because we are still all great friends like we all like i don't think i could physically tour if I wasn't friends with the people I was with. Like, yeah. no matter, like, even if the money was still great, even if everything else was still good, I don't, like, you know, tour's hard enough. Like, you don't, you don't, I couldn't imagine going on tour and just hanging out by myself all day 
and then getting on stage playing and then just being by myself again. Like, yeah. I think I would be completely miserable. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it feels again, like, I don't know, but like, again, being so close with Adam, like he'll send me all these ridiculous tour videos that he's filmed of y'all oh, yeah. and stuff where it's just like, y'all <laughs> oh, are yeah. just best friends that oh, happen yeah. to be on the road. Like the ridiculous oh, shit. Yeah. So like, Dude, Adam, I, I miss him touring with us. I know he got kind of burnt out of doing it for a while. Cause he was going from like our tour that would have been like two month long tour and then fly from there to like, do like a tour with all time low and yeah. then he would like leave from that to go back on tour with us after like a month and i think he like got and kind of burnt out but i i loved having him on tour with us dude like the way he, he so speaks funny. so fondly of y'all and like the <laughs> every now and then he'll just show me like we'll be hanging out and he'll like be going through files or whatever and it's He's like got some funny shit <laughs> just the most ridiculous like green room oh, things yeah. and i'm like again like i don't i really know you and all of your band through adam yeah but like just through that and seeing it, it's like y'all are like best friends. Yeah. Like the shenanigans and the everything. Like, yeah. So it's like we definitely that's I love that we're still close and we still like I mean obviously with we have our you know, there's we butt heads every now and then. Any but for the most part will. yeah, for the most part we are all like so close. Like yeah. that's we'll still cool. hang out with each other when we're home. We'll still, you know, be in contact with each other. It's not just like radio silence when we yeah. get home. That's and, yeah, that's cool. And like, I get it. Then with you making music on your own, it's like, yeah, you're having fun. Like, yeah. it's not like you're yeah, like it's trying not anything to... for any other reason aside, aside from just you know, I have all these cool little toy like you know instrument, and it's just fun. It's like a it's like a painting or something, but it's or video games, but it's like something productive. You know, yeah. just go in there and I just experiment for a while, and sometimes there's some cool shit that comes out. Sometimes. There's definitely not. <laughs> Most times there's not, but you know, I have my Dropbox is a graveyard of so many ideas. <laughs> Here's an interesting question that I kind of like was just thinking about as you were saying that. Like, so many of the people that I know now are, it's, it's almost so hard to find people that are down to be in a band that like it's necessity to be a solo artist. And yeah. so many kids are making beats and doing kind of projects like yeah. that. Do you think that on the other side of that, the fact that you grew up playing music, being in bands, now, as you make beats, do you think it's easier for you and it was easier to learn because you had the fundamental understanding or are they different? I, th I think being a drummer helped me when it comes to pro like programming MIDI, whether it's like drums or keys or whatever, and kind of getting how the MIDI grid is like certain things are definitely easier for me to grasp onto when it comes to the just like bedroom producing, I yeah. guess, for lack of better yeah, term. No, that says it, yeah. But, um, yeah, I de like, but at the same time, like, there's so many things that, since that's not what I started doing, I had to have a lot of people help me, like, show me how to do a lot of stuff. Like, there were certain things that it helped with, and I guess, like, being in a band writing songs, like, you know, being a part of the writing the music and stuff, definitely helped with, like, structuring stuff, and whether it's, like, a song structure or something, but it's just still, I guess, the... One thing I really want to learn is the mixing part of it. I've been really? learned the last couple of years, like I'll think I have like a pretty decent mix or something. And then I was like, A, B it to something. I'm like, this sounds like dog shit. Dude, I, <laughs> it's still fun. I mean, it's still, you know, it's always fun learning it. Yeah. And, but it's, I, it's definitely for us. That part of it to me is very frustrating. The only spot that I can deeply relate on that is before a podcast, I hadn't even opened a DAW. Yeah. So like I figured out recording, I figured out like compression and just like the, yeah, like yeah. the very basics. Mm -hmm. And then I'll listen to like the pro podcasts yeah. and it'll just be perfect. Yeah. And there's no, it sounds anything. like they're in the room with you kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And there's yeah. no, it's just this perfect full sound. And like, there'll be one day I was joking, like, I'm the Dr. Dre of podcasts, like this, that, and this, and like, I'll like bounce out of podcasts and I'll have like cut something and I'll be yeah. like, what's up? And like, totally joking. And then I listen to like a, a real, like legit produced, perfect yeah. studio podcast. And I'm just like, must be nice. And it's so discouraging. You're just like, yeah, but I wish. they're also probably in some like acoustically treated room with like, you know, yeah. like probably like thousands of dollars of outboard gear that it's running through That's, and like all that it's like you're probably what's, right. yeah most likely i mean some people are just wizards when it comes to mixing them but i think a lot of those like super like i'm sure the joe rogan podcast he's probably got like two racks of studio gear that the mics are running yeah, through you know running through <laughs> that that makes me feel a little better you're probably right i'm, I'm sure yeah. yeah i'm sure they got some and they're probably like 
made sure the room was acoustically treated perfectly. Well, jokes on them because they don't get to hang out with golden retrievers. Yeah, and can just suckers <laughs> and get to edit about seven <laughs> clips out of it of just dogs' just asses dogs. in our face and just fur flying everywhere. Yeah, take that, suckers. <laughs> um, no, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about uh, a little bit was podcasts. Oh man! When did you do a <laughs> podcast? What I I did one with my friend Drew Russ called In a Nutshell. When was this? Uh, it was a year and a half ago or something. You were so ahead of your time. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I, I was mean, like on the cusp of ahead of my time, but okay. I and I really did have a lot of fun doing it. But I just, I just again, was my own. I mean, I'm I'm kind of the reason it stopped. It just got you know. I probably did like five or six episodes and I thought it was good. Yeah. I just was like, shit, I don't know how to keep making this interesting. You know, I was like, I was like kind of putting this pressure on myself. The only reason I bring it up on this podcast is I really hope that people listening are like, dude, I hope people spam you being like, (laughs) dude, please bring it back. Because if I enough know people it. spam me, I'll bring it back. Okay, let's go. <laughs> bring because, back the nut. I mean, it makes it. <laughs> please, hashtag bring back the nut. If you're listening to this, just spam bring back the nut. But like, yeah, dude, I just, I feel like you have the gear. Like we're recording your vocal is your 7B. You have all the everything. And we were talking a lot about like structure and all that. And, uh. I don't know. Like, I hope that there's some amount of feedback from people or I don't know. Like I've just found that the podcast community and the people listening almost guide you, right? Like you start doing it and then you just start listening to what they have to say. And it's like people listening will tell you like, oh, I love this. Or like, what if you tried this or that? So I don't know. I just, I feel like you have so much to say and you're such an interesting, fun person to (laughs) talk to. Like, (laughs) I definitely, I definitely want to, want to bring it back. I just want to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not right. I just want to do it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I really rally for that because I don't know. It's just fun. It's just cool. And like, I think as the listener, like, because we were talking, like, I hate hearing my voice. I yeah, hate that same. so much. I didn't and I edit mine. Back. Drew edited ours because I fucking hate hearing my voice. Dude. And I listen back and I say like yeah. too much and this, that, and yeah, this. Yeah, you just and pick I hate yourself it. apart. But then I think about my favorite podcast that I listen to. And I'm like so stoked that it's there and that it's just these people hanging out. And I feel like I get to be that fly on the wall. Yeah. And I just feel like there's got to be so many people that would love to have you to be the fly on the wall to those conversations. That, so well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm a big I, uh, advocate. Yeah. For I've people actually doing like it. lately, like I kind of feel like I have, I've been like unintentionally lazy about checking out like new music and stuff because all I've been listening to in the past like two years has been like talk radio podcast and like audiobooks yep. and not for like i still love music Dude, i love checking way. out new music but for some i just i don't know i don't remember when it happened but for some when i'm in my car like essentially i have the same talk radio station always on in my car and when i'm when we're flying or something i'll listen to an audiobook or something yep. that, you know or a Dude, podcast or this and that and it's just that's kind of what motivated me to start it in the first place and it's just but also discourage me at the same time because I'm like, cause I'm super picky about some of the podcasts I listen yeah. to. And I think that was, you know, not, it is an excuse, but just, <laughs> it definitely no, I, is. But it's, I just put too much pressure on myself when it's just a podcast. It's like, I have all the gear. People listen to it. Rad. If they don't rad, but, I have you to know, it's just, I want, I still want to at least try to make it interesting Yeah, and figure out a, a way to where I'm not like stressed out about, having to make it interesting yeah yeah but i think that if you're having fun with it then like that's the biggest thing right like because i I did i definitely did have a lot of fun with it yeah and to me like that's like why like for this you could look at it and be mad stressed out and be like what are we gonna do there's a golden retriever jumping all around (laughs) and playing it but it's like dude like there's no rules to this like it was just this would be fun i would love to hear my friends stories and how they got to where they're at yeah and then it's just fun to talk about yeah. it's fun, i feel like so. this one has helped me kind of figure it out a little bit good the flow of it like good you know, yes because i was please. yeah i think i was like when i was doing mine was like a little bit too focused on how i was going to do it and not just kind of having a couple little things to work off of and just letting it naturally yeah flow yeah and 
So, well, that and like yeah. just like listening, right? Like, cause you could start it. And then if it does feel awkward or if like you get feedback from listeners that are like, oh, I wish you'd talk more about this. And like, oh, cool. Yeah. As long as Good it's something know. that you care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, like again, perfect transition is like one of the last things. Cause I try to keep them around an hour. I could talk to you for a long time. But <laughs> um, one of the last things that I like to do after telling like a whole story and learning about it is like going back. I think a lot of people listening, well, maybe not necessarily everyone, but a lot of the listeners are people that were, are chasing some kind of career that is not the normal. And to hear from someone like yourself that has so much proven it, it's cool to like, see like, oh, cool, he did it. So I'm always interested in this answer, this question of if you could go back to any time where it felt the sketchiest or if you doubted it the most or like just the spot of like the most turmoil, what spot is that? And now with knowing what you know, what do you tell yourself? Man, um, I think the, the the part about when I was kind of under the mercy of my dad making me go back to school, that was just kind of out of my control. Yeah. And that was kind of just a luck thing of of him letting me join again. But we were, I feel a, a biggest, the most stressful part of our, our career we've had to me was we had like the six year long lawsuit with victory that went on. So like, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Holy well, that's a whole shit. nother thing. There's yeah. There's, well, but again, that's out there. Thing. People yeah, have yeah. seen. Yeah. But so, so a big part of it is, you know, we're a rock band. We, we do pretty well, but you know, it's not like we're EDM artists making in millions every year, but it's yeah. like we had to, you know, we had this thing called a war chest where we were having to spend, you know, we, most of our money went back into this lawsuit, not really knowing what was going to happen. It was kind of like this really dark period, but it was just, I feel like we had that kind of motivated us to just work harder towards it. We wouldn't talk about it in interviews. We wouldn't, we were just kind of just trying to focus on what was important. Yeah. We were trying to not put any, you know, like we didn't, because, you know, they helped us out in ways victory did, but yeah. we just, we wanted it to just be this its own thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what helped us out during that time was just kind of like it sucked then, but it's like it's gonna be over one day. But yeah. and it kind of made us work even harder to like get through it and to you know, we had to. We physically couldn't afford to not be touring. We couldn't physically afford like which is Whoa. kind of metaphorically, you know, it kind of we're looking back, I feel like that kind of helped us just really drive like drive even harder you know like really Dude. just like motivate us to really like you know just i don't know i don't know how to explain it no but, like i get it like that's crazy because you have six you said six yeah years. it went on for six years and we finally went all the way to we didn't settle we went to a court case we were in chicago for it was a jury trial for two weeks like it was probably the most trying like that, like thing we've done as a band probably but it was, you legit we, had to we, like go to court like yeah, in we a in real there, court yeah, for all two of weeks the... every single day it was insane <laughs> no i that's but yeah it was like kind of it sucked but it was like almost in a way like a good motivator to like just like just we had to physically yeah i don't know i kind of like we've done a lot of things in our career i feel like whatever has happened to us what whatever it may be like whether it's like our money box getting stolen from the van or like certain things it's kind of just like not focusing on it like being a shitty thing but kind of being like okay that happened nothing can be done now gotta just keep doing this just how to yeah have the best outcome about anything like that's that could go with anything is kind of my point you know no 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 that like court case whether it's like you know i don't want to think about the dollar amount that we had to spend on that court case yeah but it's like we just had to find a way to make it into a positive kind of thing. You Dude, know? you like, that is the best answer to that question. And I really do get it because I think that there is like a misconception of if you're a band, even if you're successful, you're signed to a label, you're not getting a huge majority of your streaming. Yeah. And really making money off of streaming has only started to become like <laughs> yeah. a big thing. What is it lately. like 2000 streams equals like a record sale or something like that now, or it's like something insane. 
Yeah, I don't know. What, the I don't way know it breaks the down till, is pretty wild. Yeah, I actually I should know that better off the top of my head, but I know that it's like the, something crazy. <laughs> the, I just know the money side of it of like a oh, million yeah, yeah. streams is close to about four thousand dollars, depending yeah, on what yeah. network streaming service, all that. But yeah, like that's even evolved and changed so much. So like here you are, this band that's having real success touring and like all of that, but you're not making a ton off of your music. You're having to pay, like, I, I mean, I know how much legal stuff yeah. can be and yeah. something that big, like, so you're probably putting, like you said, like so much of the band's money back into that. Yeah. So you had to stay positive. You had to stay touring and putting out a good product and just having fun. And we weren't only process. doing it because of the lawsuit. Let me, let me clarify. We love, you know, but it just was that extra kick in the ass to like, we couldn't just we had to be motivated to keep doing it. It's that's not, it's not like that's cool. the only thing driving us was us being in a lawsuit. It was just, you know, it, it was, was this just like subconscious whole... kick in the ass. You know, Dude, like, that, um, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I did was, not expect that answer. And that's so cool. Yeah. Like, it was just, I was trying to like figure out a way to explain it with how, you know, I, no, had, I had it in my head, but I get it. Yeah, like like it I was, really do get it. Was it was a very, like it was a long six years, expensive, but you know, it was, it honestly, for the bet, like in a lot of ways, paid off because of the how you know, not you know, there was a million different ways we could have handled yeah. it, and just, and I also think that it's huge. Like again, I don't know the details of it, and I don't want to speak on it, being uneducated on it. But I love to see an artist stand up for themselves, right? And like, I love to see that vic, like <laughs> that victory, that win. <laughs> see what you did there. Whoops. <laughs> um, but no, like, I just love that. Like, I love. I think that that shows artists that they can stand up for themselves too. Yeah. And like, I think and that it, that it's represented. Definitely, it's definitely a hard thing to do, especially against you know the giants or whatever right. record label and stuff. And, right. You know, like there were a bunch of times we could have settled and stuff, but like. We just knew, like, he, we weren't the only band he was doing this to, you know? Like, yeah. we we just... Yeah, like, you stood up for something, and, yeah. like, I think that that's really cool, because out of all of it, I remember, I think the biggest thing that I remember hearing about was the day that it was, like, one, and yeah. it felt like a holiday. Dude, it, it felt like it, a full-on holiday. That was, like, like, that was one of the best days of my life, for sure. Just, like, when, just, it was incredible. Yeah. Especially, like, it was, it was just, it was very surreal. Yeah. Just all like, yeah, the feeling is just indescribable. But like, dude, even like I was telling you this again earlier before the podcast started, I always feel like there's a bigger story behind the oh must be nice moments, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's a huge win for y'all. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. I did exactly. not know that. Yeah. That was yeah. six years of bullshit. Yes. For oh, that yeah. one thing for people to be like, oh yeah, they won that lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. Like six years. That's yeah. so trying. Oh, yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I love hearing those stories and I love hearing that, I don't know, people put that time and perseverance yeah. in and good things happen. Yeah. So that's I feel like a fucking lot of the, awesome. Yeah, a lot of things we've done have been definitely, you know, when it comes like even just certain tours you do, it's like, you don't want, like, you don't only go on certain tours because the money's good or whatever. It's like, we've done so many tours where we'll, we will lose money, but it's like, it's kind of one of those moments, like if, like you might not get that opportunity again, like certain country, like certain countries we've gone to for the first time or yeah. certain things where it's like, it's not like you're going to get these offers to, or with certain bands. It's like, you can't just pass on it. It's like, sure. You're going to be essentially working for free. Like you're like, you know, if you're not going to be making money at the end of a tour, yeah. it's like you have to reinvest, like whether yeah. it's the time or money or you're not just going to get the same offers over and over. It's like, that's there's cool. certain things that's like, yeah, it's going to suck for certain aspects, for like sometimes, but you it's know, cool like, to hear it's, that you're still willing to grind and that you have yeah. that perspective, right? Because I can absolutely, there is a side where you could be just super entitled and be like, no, yeah. fuck you. Like, we're going to do it like this. And and I mean, it's definitely easy to look at, like, after a certain point of like, you know, of any band that's been doing it for a while and has, you know, gone through, like, you know, worked their ass off that, like, it, it's easy to get that mindset of like, you know, I'm no, I'm not doing this unless we're getting this. But it's like it's deeper than just that. You That's know, so, it's, like, it's definitely deeper than just you I, know a physical number or a phys like you know. Yeah, it's just a reinvesting of. And that's I feel like one of the reasons we're still doing it at all is because we've done a lot of things that we may not have gotten compensated what we deserved or quote unquote or like. But yeah, a lot of things were to further 
next time we went to this place or yeah. you know or because it means something to yeah. you right like it's you, not, it's, you it's see not a bigger picture fast, like, yeah gratification it's yeah it's just that's a again that's another huge lesson and cool thing to hear from you in a time where you guys have really established as a band right like yeah i feel like people hearing that and like just i don't know the fact that it's reinvesting from, in whether it's a brand or yourself or a talent will never be a bad idea like, that's no matter sick. like yeah. what it is that's like so cool just that's a you know whether it's like if you're in a band and you're like think you want to have this cool stage production yeah it's less money you're gonna make at the end of a tour or end of a show but that's what people are gonna come back to see yeah like even if it's just like a stage production thing like yeah we go we try to go all out every yeah. tour and we like yeah our our productions are they're not cheap and yeah. it's like yeah our bottom line's a lot smaller or we're what we're gonna make at the end of the tour but it people are gonna want to come see you again if you're gonna you know you're reinvesting that it's not and I can even vouch for we that. Just want it to be worth it, you know. Yeah, I mean, we like, don't want to just like cash grab and be like, "Oh, we're gonna play the same songs you've already seen. We're gonna have like a backdrop, which is cool. Like, you know, you don't have to have some huge extravagant thing, but you know, you want to make it worth whether it's a show or you want to like, or it's music gear or something, whatever you're in. Like, you want it to be worth what someone is yeah. gonna be paying you for, or. It's so yeah. cool that you guys are aware of that. And like, again, to back that point, I don't know the like super depths of the band. Mm -hmm. Like I know it from a close far, like, I don't know, like enough, yeah. but even with that, like, I like the distance that I have from it because everything you're saying, I like instantly, I'm like, oh yeah, you were the <laughs> band that put your lead singer in a hamster ball, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anybody did that before you were. Well, there was a couple of bands of. actually. Yeah. But not in in our genre there's yeah. uh i think like the flaming lips were like the first people to do it like oh, okay. years and years ago but okay i can't say we invented it okay, but, fair, you know, fair. but in our genre it was definitely a newer thing yeah like sure. I, that it's true like it's cool to hear you say that and then i can think of examples where i'm like yeah like not even yeah. knowing it on a close level like i've seen them do that that's cool. yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. really cool we just wanted to be fun and worth the money that people are going to be hopefully still coming to you know yeah that's <laughs> yes, i mean like that's incredible that's such a that's such a good way to end it and to like understand for me and like to put that out of just like yeah. how much you genuinely care and like the lessons that are there and the fundamentals that you guys have that you have that just keep applying at any level yeah and then that can go if, like whether you're in a band or whatever you're doing yeah. like any sort of <clears throat> whether you're an entrepreneur or a creative it's like reinvesting in yourself at, in any way is yeah never going to be a bad idea i just love to hear that from you because you have such a level of success to prove that that's real right it's i mean so that's much, a big part of the reason why we're even close to still doing it at all like you know which is like, awesome and i feel like we kind of just learned it learned that along the way like it wasn't something we kind of were just like read and we're like oh that's how we do it it was just something that we just realized the more we do stuff like that, you just reinvest, whether it's money, time, anything. Yeah. It's like, it's easy to always like have a quick cash grab or, you know, you're like not reinvest some of your money into whether it's gear or production or something, you know, it's never going to be a bad thing to do that. That's so cool. Dude, I feel like we did the damn thing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. The dogs Thank are you. finally chilling now, too. <laughs> They're all tuckered out. Yeah. All right, there you have it, Alex Shellnut. I really hope you liked this episode as much as I did. It was such a cool thing to sit down with him and find all these little parallels and just hear the story, hear his story. If you notice at that end bit, we talk about his podcast and it is currently paused right now. I really want him to bring it back. So if you made it this far, if you liked the episode, I need you to do me one last favor. I need you to go on socials or go on the podcast reviews and spam him wherever you can. Twitter, Instagram, podcast comments, anything. Spam him with hashtag bring back the nut. We need this podcast back and I need y'all's help. So do it. Let him know we want it. That's all I got. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.